Welcome back to the Cave Escape Podcast. I'm Ashton Goolsby. And I'm Caleb Groves. And we are back this week to continue our discussion of the Nicene Creed. So we went through two episodes ago, should be, if I'm mm-hmm. doing math correctly. Yep. Math is not my strongest subject, but I think I can count to three. So <laughs> two episodes ago, we talked about kind of the history of where the creed came from and kind of the intention behind writing it. And we talked about the beginning of it, the mainly the section on God the Father. Mm-hmm. Then last time we spent most of the time talking about uh, the section on God the Son yep. and what it tells us about the nature of Christ and what what specifically they were trying to draw attention to in this section. And today, and today we're going to jump in to the last section, which has to do with the Holy Spirit and... It says some other things about kind of up to the resurrection, looking forward, kind of the direction of the church, which I guess we'll get into some as we go. Yeah. But I'm trying to remember, where exactly did we leave off last time? I think we got through the, I think, sorry, let me talk into my mic. I think we got into, like, through the end of the part on the sun. So, but we we just didn't talk about it a whole lot. We kind of just like kind of wrapped it up quickly. It was like, and oh, then yeah. at the end of time, he comes back yeah. because we didn't want to get into eschatology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we may have to do some of that today, but um, yeah, probably that's going to be tricky. Yeah, because I don't really understand eschatology, but I know that I don't think I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> we know at least that much. Yep. So it's. Do we want to read it again, or yeah. do we think that's well, necessary? Mm, might as well. Okay. Do you want to read it? Sure. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the quick and the dead whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and of the life of the world to come. Amen. So we left off where it says, and I believe in the Holy Spirit, I believe. Yes. So yeah, so just acknowledging, starts off, Acknowledging, I believe, that there is a third person of the Trinity, essentially. Yep. Uh, the Lord and giver of life. So what do you think that... he's? So he's the Lord of life and the giver of life. I think is what that means, right? The Lord and giver believe, of life. I believe so. I mean, that's literally what it says there. Yeah. So what's distinct about the Holy Spirit that makes him the Lord and giver of life as opposed to the Son and the Father? 
Well, I mean, if you think about it, it's the indwelling of the Spirit in us, isn't it, that gives us that life? So Christ died and rose again, but then he sent the Holy Spirit. So I wonder if it's getting that idea of, like, we're we're born again and we have we have the spirit that resides in our heart and that's what teaches us how to live which would be I mean, go back to it's not in the scripture but i mean oh it's i would argue it is in the scripture not exactly these ways but like if you look at the five points of calvinism mm-hmm. you've got the idea of um there's total depravity we're ultimately completely sinful um unconditional election god chooses us and then he sends the spirit to dwell in us, which would be the idea of um, like irresistible grace. We, we, we can't resist the spirit once it's been given to us. And through the spirit's work inside of us, mm-hmm. we're, we're called to pursue holiness and we're taught what that's like. So that, that gives us life, the spirit being in us. Yeah. And so I, I've, I mean, just at first glance, that's what I think of. Did you have any yeah. other thoughts? Uh, I don't think so. Mostly, I just thought it was interesting because the other ones don't really get like initial descriptions that are specific like that. Mm-hmm. That are like, I mean, like in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. Like that's clearly like it doesn't make sense that anybody else would have that description. And the Father Almighty, like those are part of like their titles, but then his is the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, which feels mm-hmm. like you could also describe the others as that way, like if you weren't thinking about it necessarily. So I was, it was just interesting yeah. that they described him. They seem to describe him differently in the first sentence than they described the other members. But oh, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that's probably, that makes, that's probably what it is. Okay. <laughs> what did you have something else to say? Well, I was just thinking of, I mean, we talk about Christ. Christ's death and resurrection saves us, but then there, I feel like there's also a means by which that's worked out, and I think it's through the gift of the Spirit. Yeah. So we think Ooh, we think this. it's just like, which I mean, it's definitely important. Don't get me wrong, that Christ was born a man, that he suffered, died on the cross willingly, then rose again and ascended into heaven. Yeah. But I think a lot of times we we think it ends there, which is another thing that, I mean, also being part of a church that is so steeped in like liturgy, but also traditioning the church calendar and things, um, and kind of going more into that, helping me see, we, we put so much emphasis on Christmas, but that's just the beginning of the story. Mm-hmm. So we... I mean, even as a culture, Christmas is a huge deal. Yeah. Christ, God becoming flesh. Big deal. This is definitely a big deal. We still have Easter that we remember, which is when he died, Mm -hmm. and the third day he rose again on Easter Sunday. We don't make quite as big of a deal out of that, but then we say nothing about uh, the coming of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. Right. So that's just something that we don't, even a lot of churches don't mention Pentecost. That's a big deal. Jesus didn't just leave and say, well, I'm gone. He left and said, I've gone to prepare a place for you. I will be back, but I'm going to send a helper to you. Right. And then 
when they're in the upper room, the Holy Spirit rushes into the room and, and fills them, and the flames of fire come on their head. Yeah. We, we forget that story, but that's that an important totally part crazy. of it. So th- that's that's what it makes me think of here. I mean, that's yeah. what's giving them life is the Holy Spirit. The life that's inside of them is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That, as I said, you can look at the points of Calvinism, which I would argue come from Scripture. That's that's where we're born again. I think that's what Calvinists are trying to get at when they say that. Yeah, that makes sense. Another thing that you said, something you said made me think of this. Uh, in John Owen's book, The Holy Spirit, he talks about, in one section, he says something about the the only act of Christ that was not mediated by the Holy Spirit I think I think it's his assuming of uh flesh like his assumption of the flesh is the only act that he does that's is the only immediate act that he does and everything else that he does he does through mediation of the spirit oh oh interesting yeah can you explain that a little better (laughs) um I think so like all of his miracles and signs that he did he did by the power of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. yeah and his being fully God fully man all of that I think was like only done by the power of the Holy Spirit yeah and also all of his teaching and things like that and so like every everything that the incarnate Christ did was by the power of the Holy spirit and even like the creation of his body was that she was conceived of the Holy spirit. Oh yeah. And yeah, so, cause we read that section last time. Right. And so, but the only thing that Christ did that he did like by his own power, I guess you could say is the assumption of the flesh. I'm I'm pretty sure that that's what it is. I don't have the book with me right now to double check that, but I'm pretty sure that that's what it was. That is interesting. I've never thought of, I never thought of it that way before. But yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So the, all of, all of Christ's works, he did them, but through the power of, yeah, the Holy Spirit. They're like mediated in some way yeah. by the Spirit. I feel like this also kind of gets us to the next section if we want to go on and mm-hmm. read down. Yeah. Uh, and there's also some controversy in here uh historically yep that i think still comes up today which we can talk about after um but after the next line says so it's well it says i am i believe in the holy spirit the lord and giver of life who proceeds from the father and the son who with the father and the son together is worshiped and glorified who spoke by the prophets yeah so the way i read that is talking about um is saying the holy spirit proceeds he proceeds out from the Father and the Son. Mm-hmm. And then the second line is saying, basically saying he's also part of the Godhead to be worshipped and glorified with the Father and the Son. He's equal with them as well. Yeah. So we've got the Trinity now defined. We've got, there's the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit is one of them. He is God as well. He is to be worshipped and glorified as part of the triune one and three. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the then the part who spoke by the prophets, the Holy Spirit speaking to us through the prophets God sent. So 
that gets at the idea of divinely inspired scripture. Um, right. All of scripture was written down. It was given to us by the Holy Spirit who spoke through the prophets, through Moses, through like, Joshua wasn't one, but then like Elijah, Elisha, Isaiah, Jeremiah, mm-hmm. all the other prophets, Samuel, they're writing these things down, but through the Holy Spirit who's speaking to us through them. Right. And do we get that idea from like that being the Holy Spirit specifically, doesn't that kind of come from somewhere where it says something about all of scripture being God breathed? And yeah. and like the Greek word for breath is isn't that pneuma? Do you remember what the verse is? Uh so one that's all scripture is God breathed and profitable for teaching and reproof and uh, righteousness. I feel like it's in Ephesians. I don't actually know the reference. It's 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 Ephesians or Galatians. We can look it up real quick. Okay, so it says here that it's Second Timothy three sixteen, and I've grabbed the Greek. So we're looking for the word. God breathed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Theopneustos. Theopneustos. So it's one word combined. Yeah. That's all one word. Yeah. Uh, that's super interesting. Theopneustos. But so I mean, what it looks like? Maybe it contains pneuma. My yeah, my Greek so. vocabulary is not the best. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if it's you said Theopneustos. Pneustos. Yeah, pneu because that's what it's pneuma is. Yeah. the is the word. I'm but sure it's but it's, it's it means breathed, but it also means spirit. Yeah, like we get pneumonia or pneumonia. Is they right. that was supposed to be like an infection of like your soul, because you're oh, that's coughing and sneezing and trying to like get something out. They thought it was according to some traditions. Yeah. It was they thought it was like your soul was trying to escape or like your soul was sick somehow. Interesting, because it's a, it affects your breathing. Yeah, well, that's interesting because it, it is also a breathing. It's more of a breathing thing in actuality. Yeah. But that they would also associate it. I mean, I guess they associated the well, breath your with spirit. the spirit. Yeah, your breath and your spirit. God sense. breathed Duh. into the nostrils yeah. of Adam. Anyway, life. yeah. But so I was rough, just wondering if that's topic. like, yeah. <laughs> like, how do we know that, like, is there a verse that specifically says that it was the Holy Spirit that inspired the biblical authors? Or like, how do we get that? Because I, 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 I know, I mean, I, we definitely talked about this in theology class, but I don't remember it. I think that would be a good one. Mm-hmm. I'd have to go back and look again. But I also wonder if that was not just the understanding of the whole time. I mean, the prophet is supposed to be the one who speaks for God. I mean, like, if you think of Moses and Aaron, he he speaks to Moses, who's supposed to speak to Aaron, and then he tells he the relationship he sets up with Moses and Aaron. He says, you will be God to Pharaoh, and Aaron will be to Pharaoh as you are between me and Aaron. In the people, so basically Moses is the one who gives the decree mm-hmm. to Aaron, who then presents it. Just like he's saying, "I do the same thing to you. I speak to you, and then you present it to Israel." What's, so I think the, 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 there's the understanding that the prophet is the one who sees God and sp- speaks God's word. Because even yeah. like if you look in like First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings, the prophet shows up. He's claiming to have had a direct discussion with God and it's speaking the words that God has given to him. Right. So if the prophets are the ones writing it down. Yes. We're saying 
God is the one who has spoken it to him. And yes, no, no, no. The so my- Spirit being sent out as we're getting this revelation from Christ, the Spirit is the one that is sent in this way. Mm-hmm. This, this Holy Spirit is the one who is speaking, giving them this inspiration to speak. So because the Holy Spirit is sent by God, then if God is sending word to prophets, he's doing it by the Holy Spirit, and we just kind of like plug those in. Well, also, he tells us that, uh, and I can't remember where it is, and I can't remember the exact verse, but the idea that when we pray, the words that we pray, the Holy Spirit is teaching us those words as we pray. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a similar concept. I'm, okay. I'm wondering if there's a specific, and like I'm just pulling this off of the top of my head. Right. If somebody else has a better place for us to go, mm-hmm. please let us I mean, know. I know there's, but um, John Owens would be a good place to go. <laughs> I'm, I mean, like in Scripture to look at. Oh, yeah, Same but I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think there is especially in the New Testament we see the relationship of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is the one that like speaks through us I feel like yeah that makes sense and so I'm, I'm, just, I'm wondering yeah. how much of that is like it, it, did they find a specific place in the Old Testament that said that or in right. the New Testament that says New Testament that says it's true of the Old mm-hmm. or are they just are they just inferring from what we see? Wait, this is what was going on. Right. This yeah, is that's how it was being know. spoken. Yeah. Because I mean, also they were writing other books as well, inspired that's by true. the Holy Spirit. So I mean, the canon wasn't closed yet. I don't know. Right. Those are interesting questions. Yep. That I'm gonna have to go think on. Yeah. But that's how we learn. <laughs> We're always going to have more questions than answers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But setting that one aside, I said there's a historical controversy with this one. Yes. So this is, um, this was a big, and I, I had to look some stuff up again because I forgot since I looked it up for last time and we didn't get there. But this is what we call, in this section, there's what we call the filioque clause. So the word filius in Latin is son. And if you put quay, Q-U-E on the end of a Latin word, it's like putting and after it. Or, okay. So um, it it says that the Spirit proceeded from the Father and the Son. So, and the Son, there's Fidioque. It originally uh, read, I'm looking at it here, uh, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. Mm-hmm. So they had, they had settled in their discussion, he proceeds definitely from the Father. And then, I'm piecing this together through my memory and then what I found on Wikipedia that seems to confirm what I remember. <laughs> the Roman Catholic Church, without consulting the Greek Orthodox Church also came to the conclusion and decided he also proceeds from the Son as well. And they inserted this word filioque after um, Father, which would be uh, pater, which would be in the ablative, so it would be patre, I believe. So patre filioque. 
father and the son. Mm-hmm. And then they, the Orthodox came back and said, why did you do that without consulting us? And they were already kind of on pins and needles at this point, I believe. And this was just added tension on an already strained relationship between the East and the West church. Right. And so, while I believe that the Roman Catholic Church theologically was correct, it, it was, uh, it seems like it may have been kind of a, from what I can remember <laughs> from reading, it seems to have been kind of more of a power move. Like, well, we can do this mm-hmm. without, without consulting you. And gotcha. then the Orthodox were just came back and like, we may not necessarily disagree with you, but you didn't talk about it with us. <laughs> so this this has been actually a contentious point for a while. And I, I don't know what the current state, if it's resolved, when it was resolved, but yeah. I do know like at the time, this was a huge deal and caused a lot of fighting. Hmm. Should we put in this just this word and and the sun? Right. Or not? Right. And do we disagree on what the the theological implication of it, or just are we just upset that you put it in without asking us? <laughs> so that was a big point of fighting in there that it always kind of makes me laugh. I'm like it it's still in there. We've Right. The my church like, says yeah, this every we don't Sunday. care. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, we're from the Western tradition, so right. I don't know what the Eastern tradition does. I'd be interested. They probably just don't say in the sun. Probably, I don't know. We should look that up. I didn't look that up. Okay. Um, I guess we should move on before we run completely out of time yeah, for the last section. Well, I really wanted to ask you what proceeds actually means. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's still a confusing concept to me. And I know that's like really complicated and weird. And we do have another section to do. Why don't we jump to the next section? Okay, let's jump <laughs> to the next section. <laughs> do you want to read us that next section? Sure. Yeah. So we can remember it. Yeah, okay. Okay, so next section. And I believe one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. So, so asterisk, Catholic means universal. <laughs> yes. That's, that's something I heard, I've heard people get upset about before. That Even with like the Apostles' Creed not wanting to say it because, well, it says Catholic. We're clearly not Catholic. Right. Hopefully, you are Catholic. You may not be Roman Catholic. Right, exactly. It's Catholic comes to the Greek word, which I can't remember at this moment. Kathos? Is, is it Kathos? That probably, that sounds super I don't, wrong. I thought it that's was something Catholicos. totally different. That's not I can't remember the exact universal. word. It's something's really, really close to Catholic. But is the word that it comes from, we just made it an English word. Mm-hmm. But it means universal or worldwide. And so when right. we say we're part of the Catholic Church, we mean we're part of the church in the world. Blah. The church universal. Yeah. Like the invisible church kind of yeah. idea. But then when we say the Roman Catholic Church, we mean the universal church that is centered around Rome. Right. Who, like, and the Pope. Say like, yeah, like the Pope is the head of the church. Mm-hmm. Roman Catholic and Catholic are different. Hopefully, we are all Catholic and we're all Orthodox. Yes. We're Catholic because we're part of the universal church of Christ, and we're Orthodox because Orthodox means right teaching. Yes. So we have right teachings, and we're part of the universal church. Right. Hopefully that's true of all of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then apostolic, why is apostolic different from Catholic? 
Is that just like in the apostolic faith? I'm guessing. I'm not sure. I was actually a little. I was questioning what that meant. Yeah, I don't actually know. We'd have to look that up. Yeah. We should have looked that up. Before. I'm going to guess that's what it means. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I wonder if it's almost like a reiteration of like the universal church yeah. according like to what was passed down by the tradition. apostles. Yeah, according, yeah, that's a good way to put it from passed down. Okay. So one baptism for the remission of sins. Yep. So baptism saves you. <laughs> Quote Peter. <clears throat> the apostle Peter or? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I mean, know if you meant the the guy that we know, we know. Oh no! <laughs> I was like, he said that when? No, no, yeah, no. In First Peter three, somewhere in there, he's like, now baptism saves you. This is a difficult Which it, one. It makes a little bit more sense when you have the context, I yeah. think. Because I've yeah. heard people say that that I know and trust. That baptism does save you, but what you mean by that? Exactly, that's exactly right. Yeah, and I would agree. Yes, that's very complicated discussion, right? That we don't have time to get into now. Um, Maybe we need to do a fourth episode. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we could just come back to this with somebody who can articulate it better. Oh yeah, we just have a one a discussion about baptism. Oh, we could do that. That would actually be pretty interesting. Future topic, maybe. But at any rate, yeah. And gen- generally, like it, yeah. It's still. I mean, we can talk about it loosely without having to like yeah. get into the weeds. But like, it signifies our being buried with Christ and resurrected with Him, and it signifies like our like having our sins washed away. And those are like the sim like what it symbolizes. Well, actually, that is a little bit of a difference in um, some some different ways of people practicing it. So I know like. With immersion, that is definitely what that symbolizes. Wasn't well, there a, a Bible verse that describes it as yes, being buried and resurrected? Yes, but I'm saying if there is that, and I like if you're that's sprink- why I believe in immersion. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're sprinkling on the head, there is there is the symbolism of that as well, um, kind of in there. But it's also added into that the like the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, like or anointing. The, yeah, they get anointing as well. Because it's on the head as well. Yeah. So there is the moments of being being buried and drawn out of the water. Because there's even like Israel kind of went through a baptism going through the Red Sea. But it was also sprinkling on their head. <laughs> that um, just feels really silly to me. <laughs> Every but, time I hear that, it just kind of makes me smile a little bit because I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but but the, the other reason for putting it on the head is the idea of anointing. You're receiving. It's a sign of you're receiving the Holy Spirit. Right. So that's that would be the case for anointing, but there is also built into it the idea of coming through water. You're drawn out of water, right? As well. And washing you, yeah. So I'm I'm not disagreeing with what you said, but I'm I'm adding right. the other on top of it as well. There's yeah. this idea, of, yeah, I agree with that. Like this putting on of the Holy Spirit, yeah. Um, but also the idea that there's one baptism, which reminds me of um, the there's that verse where Paul he says I'm I'm so glad that I baptize none of you except like these two over here mm-hmm. because people are saying well i follow peter well i follow apollos yeah but he's, he says we all follow christ just because peter baptized you doesn't mean that you're different than this person over here you're baptized by the same baptism of christ mm-hmm. so i feel like that's 
kind of what this is a reminder of. You're all baptized, different places, different backgrounds, wherever. It's the same. Right. You're baptized into one faith. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got here this, um, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Mm -hmm. Which I think, again, is something we often forget about. Yeah. We just live our daily lives and think, oh, well, <clears throat> Jesus came and he died for us. Now we're saved. The end. He yeah, went back yeah, to yeah. heaven and we're here and we're saved now. Mm -hmm. It's the idea of the, as Mr. Bradley liked to bring up, the already and the not yet. Yeah. Yeah, we're saved, but we're not yet quite done. Yep. We're still anticipating he's going to come back. Mm hmm. So just like the Hebrews and the Jews still today wait for the Messiah to come, he has come, we understand, and we're sitting here knowing he's conquered all, and we're waiting for him to come back. Now, the question is, what does that look like? What does it mean? And I think we're about out of time. <laughs> I think that what that looks like is depicted very clearly in Kurt Cameron's Left Behind series. <laughs> I've actually not seen Left Behind. I also have not seen it. <laughs> I read like the like one or two of the books, I think. I kind of want to see the movies just to watch them. <laughs> I know who Kirk Cameron is, but yeah. not because of that. Right. <laughs> well, do you have anything else to add, I guess, to any part of that? Looking at the whole thing, concluding thoughts, anything about the amen there at the end? is a Hebrew word. <laughs> really? <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't think of anything else at yeah. the moment. Do you, do you have anything? I mean, there's so much in there that we didn't actually get to. I know. But the there's stuff so that, like, I just, that I just don't... Want to chase rabbit trails down. And things that I just felt unqualified to speak on. That too. Some of the things I felt unqualified to speak on, I said... And then those other ones that I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to somebody else before I voice that. <laughs> well, I guess that's, I guess that's it. Yeah. I guess that kind of brings us to the end. Um, you can find us wherever <laughs> you find your podcasts. Uh, you Thank also have a blog. Yep. The cave escape at blog or the cave, cave escape dot blogspot dot com. And thank you also to the people who recently did leave us comments. Yes. That was very encouraging and thought-provoking, and I hope we answered them well. Yes. Um, please keep sending questions. We would love to get more questions. Yeah. Because it helps us to learn and to grow and clarify also give our thoughts about things and kind of, like, because then it makes us work through it and be like, okay, yeah. wait, what do we, what actually do we think about this? That makes it kind of tricky to think about this way. Yeah, and the stuff we're talking about is stuff that, that we just we kind of think about on our own anyway. Right. And it's a lot of times it's based off of conversations that we've just been having anyway, and we're like, we should organize this and talk about it for an episode, yeah. because if we if we do it for an episode, then we have to actually sit down and think about it, and process it and like look up things. So yeah, if you send us a question, then we're and it makes it on an episode. Definitely, we've been sitting and thinking about it and probably discussing it a lot. Yep. So it's really helpful just to us in general, if you send us questions, because mm -hmm. 
as we said, we want this to be a conversation and a place for us to continue to learn, but also to help other people continue to learn as well. So please ask us questions. You can do it on the blog. You can do it on the YouTube. I think Spotify even has a way that you can do it. Mm-hmm. Do we have we have an email too, oh, right? Yeah, we do do we want to give email. out our email? I don't yeah. know if we've done that before. We may have. It's been a while. We find it. Is that? Do you normally put that on the blog too? It goes with the blog. It's on there. Okay. Cool. Um, our email address, because this was the one that was untaken, is greatcaveescape at gmail.com. So you can email us questions and things there as well, and we will do our best to respond to them. Yeah. But I I think that's all we've got for today. Mm-hmm. Um, so as always, thank you for listening, and until next week, take care. Mm-hmm.